I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers. I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and welcome back to another episode of Money Moves, the daily podcast powered by Greenwood, determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guest is an up-and-coming actor from Buffalo, New York. He is following his dreams of becoming an actor in Los Angeles. He has been seen in Power Book 2, 13 Reasons Why, and over 100 commercials. However, he's more than just a pretty face and actor. He's also a classically trained oil painter and creates multiple streams of income, aka making money moves, as he is the owner of several chains of Airbnb properties. Money movers, please welcome to the podcast, young, multi-money moving, Brandon Brown. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Good well, morning. we are really glad to have you here. Thanks for tuning in bright and early from Los Angeles, the city of dreams. We want to start off today by tell our audience a little bit about you. You know, we heard that you're an actor, you've got multiple streams of income, and you're living out your dreams now in Los Angeles from Buffalo. So when did you really decide you were going to follow this pathway of acting? 
Um, so I think like my whole life, I was like doing some form of entertainment, like uh, making friends laugh, uh, <laughs> just just uh, just being the life of every environment that I was in. I always knew I wanted to be on TV. I didn't know specifically it was going to be acting. But as I got older, um, you know, I went to college, uh, Buffalo State University, had a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And I wanted to oh. be a police officer. But then I'm like, that's not really my passion. I was just looking for safe things. And I just knew, like, I wanted to be on TV somehow. I was inspired by, you know, everything that I was seeing on TV from uh, Buffalo. So I was like, Los Angeles is where they make movies. That's yep. where I got to be. So I just came out here and just kind of hit the ground running. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about it. A lot of people in our audience, like, have dreams of being an actor, TV personality. Yeah. Um, how hard was it to crack into the acting scene? Everybody talks about, you know, it's, there's no such thing as an overnight sensation. So touchdown, you move from Buffalo to Los Angeles. How did you yeah. break the break the mold? I mean, it was difficult. That was in 2014 and it's 2022 now. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's definitely difficult. You got to hit the ground running. Um, it's no it's no real blueprint. Like nobody taught me anything. I didn't know a single person in Los Angeles when I moved here. Wow. But I just kind of Googled everything and then started just networking. And I used to be really conservative, but I started talking to people and that's when I got more information. Uh, so, you know, it's always somebody that knows something that you don't know. So, you know, I would ask people questions. Oh, where do you find an agent or where do you find auditions? And after I started doing that, I started getting all the you know answers to my questions. So it's, it's difficult yeah. at first until you figure out just the, you know, the basics of or what you need. I need headshots. I just moved here. OK, now I need to create some form of like an acting reel. Now I need to submit to agents. Uh, you know, now I need to go to acting class. It's like all this, you know, just a, a series of things. You know, it's a small investment in yourself. I love that because, you know, I think oftentimes people just assume, oh, yeah, you show up in L.A. And like maybe if you're waiting table, someone's going to recognize you and cast you in the next hit film. Like this. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. like, I swear, I was like, I'm gonna come to LA, I'm gonna walk down the street, somebody gonna be like, I want him in my next movie. <laughs> Didn't happen like that. <laughs> All right, so we're, yeah, we're back to real life here. So, and I mean, you know what also is so, so interesting to me? People underestimate just Google, how to be an actor, create a reel, um, take yeah, those literally. low paying jobs. So let's talk about even creating your reel. How did you find content to add to your reel? Like what is the bottom of the barrel entry point for an up and coming actor right now? Got you. So when you first come here, I think the hardest thing people were like, they're trying to create a real some form of them acting uh, less than a minute video of either comedy or drama or both. Um, you don't really have footage because you haven't been in anything. So they have luckily now they have so many services. It's uh, on Instagram. It's something called Damn Good Reels. And, you know, write it down, folks. We are giving you the tips and tricks to a damn good reel. Wow. Yeah. Damn good reels. And um, they uh, they literally have high quality cameras. They'll shoot a whole scene for you. And it looks like this, the cameras that they use to shoot these shows. And they'll shoot the whole scene for you, have the actor, all that. You pay them for the service and wow. they'll create that for you if you haven't really done anything. And then after you do a certain amount of work, when you actually get booked for jobs, you'll have little clips that you can just combine and make a whole reel. So. Wow. Okay. That is so interesting to me. And also like the power of social media and just what we can do with video editing now. So you can get someone to like insert you into a whole little mini production because that's interesting. A lot of people always say, you know, it's like getting your first job. Well, you don't have any experience. So how are we going to book you? But you know, there are ways around that. That's great. Thank you so much. No problem. Okay. So let's talk about now commercials. I think this is also a really interesting way to make money and break into the business. You've been in a lot of commercials, over a hundred if I'm right. I want to talk about the first commercial you landed and some of your favorites as well. 
All right, cool. Um, so commercials have changed my life. I would say I see people on commercials and I see people on TV shows. The people in commercials are making way more money, unless that person on a TV show is the lead, the, right. the head, the series regular. Commercials is where the bread and butter. And TV is fame and a commercial is nobody may know you, but you're getting a lot more money. Um, my first big commercial that I booked was a Nike commercial where I was playing like a young version of LeBron James. And it's what? called... Yeah, it's called Come Out of Nowhere, and uh, it's on YouTube on a Nike uh, page. But that was like my first big commercial in terms of, you know, just it being a national all over TV and people calling and texting me. And then in terms of money, I remember I did that commercial. I was on set for like maybe four hours. I got paid like twelve thousand dollars. Wow. I have never, you know. Yeah, it's a big check. You know, and then that's how I really realized the value of my time. I was like, wait. I used to have to work like months to make this. Now it's like, okay, I can get this. And then from there on, I started booking different commercials. I did a, a Taco Bell commercial. I got like $30,000. I did a Domino's commercial. I got like $60,000. That was- For pizza? Perfect. You know, it, wow. it was crazy. And the beauty of that is every time it airs, you get a residual check uh, if it's a national commercial. And so, you know, I remember one day I was just like, I just, like every other day I opened my mailbox, it was like a different check, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. It was just like, just kept rolling in. And so that's, I, I love commercials because stuff that I did years ago, they'll still like renew Pop it. up and surprise you. So it's, that's yeah, actually really great. People always talk about like how you can attract money. That would be, every time you open your mailbox, you're like, what's in here? What's in yeah. here? Yeah. So I definitely love commercials. It's granted me like that residual income when you least expect it. And then you really, it really shows everyone like, yo, these corporations are making millions and billions of off of people. And, you know, this, you know, you see, you know, what you could be making and what you could be earning or what, you know, the value of your time is. And it's very important for people to realize that. And so that's when I realized, you know, all right, this is, this is where I need to be. This is where it's at commercials. Um, and yeah, that's where I started at. Okay, so now that you've got everyone super excited about this, how do a brand new actor land a commercial? You talked about the reels, and you also mentioned an agent. So what came first, the reels, the agent? Let's talk about the process. So there's definitely an order that these things need to be done. I would say this, I always tell people, the first thing you need to do, move to a major city. Okay. Atlanta, Atlanta Los Angeles, New York, Texas, go where, like, LA is the film capital of the world. Atlanta is booming, New York, like you need to be in these cities, Chicago, because that's where all of the work is. So if yeah. you don't live in these cities, you need to migrate there. That's the first thing. Second thing, you need to get headshots. You need to determine if you're going to do commercial acting or theatrical acting, TV and uh, movies, because there's two different, there are two different types of headshots. Right. Commercials would be more smiling, bright and colorful. Uh, theatrical would be more serious, more character types. Um, and I would say, you know, shoot, everyone's like, oh, I got a friend with the camera, like, <laughs> Like unless your friend your friend has a professional like you know inside background. Uh, yeah. No, you that. said it yourself. It's like invest in yourself. This isn't exactly. like, yeah, my boy's gonna shoot me a picture from Instagram. Like invest right. in yourself. Right. Don't don't try to don't try to like shortcut it because I would say headshots are the like one of the most probably the top like most important thing for you to actually get an audition because there's websites you need to put on, you need to uh, add and you need to put these headshots on the websites. And you get that, you get jobs or auditions based off your your headshot. Wow. You can get jobs without even auditions sometimes just based off your headshot. Okay. So I would say headshots after you move to the city, then um, acting classes. You know, you, a lot of people come out here and they're like, 
I don't need acting classes. I'm a natural. I used to think that way too. I was like, nah, I was humble. <laughs> need acting classes. If you know, if you don't have a background experience, I mean, uh, that background background in uh, acting. You know, I took theater classes, but I didn't. I didn't come out here, uh, you know, with the background in that. But you can always learn. That's the beauty of it. They like you. You see all these rappers, like you see Tupac, Ice Cube, like they got transformed into actors. But from taking coaching, like yeah. anybody really can be transformed. You can take acting classes at any ages out here. They have a ton of them. Come out here, take acting classes after you get those headshots. Then you want to create some form of a reel, uh, okay. like less than a, about a minute long. You can do a comedy scene or a drama scene. Um, you know, just have some form of footage. And this is mostly for theatrical acting. If you're trying to get an agent. For commercials, you don't really need a reel. They don't ever ask you for a reel for commercial. It's mostly about your headshots. They just want you to eat pizza. Exactly. And then after that, you want to submit to agencies. So you want to have these things done. You want to have the headshot, the, the you know, the, the real and stuff before you submit to an agency, because you're, you want to when you meet somebody, the first impression is important That's and right. you don't want to you don't want to be unprepared. And so they're not going to even if you meet with them and you don't have it like they're going to tell you to get that anyway. So you just want to have that already so that you can be like, yo, I'm ready. This is what I have. Email them. And you can find agents, you know, literally there's a whole directory of like Los Angeles agents on sites like L.A. Casting. It's a LA site called Casting. L.A. Casting. Okay. And it, uh, the casting networks. That's where you find all the commercial auditions in L.A. Pretty much most of the commercials you see on TV in general, L.A. Casting. And then if you wanted to get into TV and film, it's a site called Actors Access. That's I hope you guys network. are writing this down because I feel like I'm taking mental notes myself. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be on L.A. Casting and Actors Access or Casting Networks in general. If you're in those other cities, it'll it'll have a region. If you live in Atlanta, it's all in one database and it'll let you pick your region to find auditions and stuff like that. Um, and so after that, you submit to agencies, you look up the agencies, go on Instagram, search whatever your favorite actors are becoming. You see their their agency and their bio. I used to just like look up their agency and DM them, email them. I would email all of them, you know, hey, my name is such and such. I've attached my headshot resume and reel for consideration. Uh, and, you know, and then you, the more you do that, if, as long as you have a good look, those headshots are probably the best, most important wow, thing. Wow, that's incredible. If they can see your look and be like, all right, I can make some money with this person. Then, you know, they'll, they'll invite you into audition and that's it. This is great. All right. So now you've given us all sort of the ways to get into the market and how do you keep yourself like current and engaged? You've been there for a years, a couple years right now. Is it the networking or is it the body of work that you have? Um, so I keep, so I've been here for eight years. Um, I think that I'm, I just consistency has kept me engaged. Like I'm a full-time actor. Not many people can say that. And I'm not a famous actor. I'm a working actor. So like that it. means I, I like worked, it. I, I've worked. I've made a living off of this for eight years now, and I haven't had to work a job. Yeah. Uh, not not many people can say that because a lot of people they they could they had they may have to wait a table or do some other type of side gigs on top of acting. But I think just the consistency. So these websites I told you, LA Casting Access, you can submit yourself. You don't necessarily need an agent if you want big auditions. Uh, most of the time, casting directors will want an agent, you know, mm -hmm. so that they can deal with not a person. But you can also get your own job. I've probably got like 70 percent of my own job since I've been on. Hustle. I like it. Yeah. So yeah. you can put yourself on those websites as long as you have headshots. You can get your own auditions. You can get your own bookings. Like I get my own all the time. And I think that's just not really relying on them because the right. agents, they only work as they got they a, a, a hundred people that they got to take care of. But, you yeah, know, once you've exactly. got the grit, you're grinding yourself like 
That's mm-hmm. that's really where the magic happens. They only get ten or twenty percent, so that's the that's the amount of work they do. So, yeah. So you gotta really go hard for yourself and just always be working. Just consistency has you know kept me like maintaining all there. So Brandon, you know you've been doing a lot. You've talked about being a working actor and being able to support yourself that way. But like the incredible entrepreneur you are, you also have multiple streams of income. Number one are these beautiful paintings in the background, and two, you've talked about being sort of having a little multi empire in the Airbnb space where you've got multiple homes. Let's talk about the painting first because my eyes are immediately drawn to these incredible oil paintings behind you. When did you start um, painting? Thank you. Um, so I actually started painting three years ago. Um, I never painted in my life. What? Not once. I never draw drawn in my life. I don't have any childhood pictures of me uh, with some type of fantastic masterpiece. Um, actually, I always collect the art. Uh, like since I was like 18, I would go to ex- exhibitions and buy people's art. And I just loved art so much. I remember walking around uh, about three and a half years ago. I remember walking uh, somewhere in like near Beverly Hills and I seen these classical oil paintings in like a window shop. And I went in there and I spoke with this woman. Her name is Geechee. Geechee Art is her, uh, her gallery. And, you know, we started talking. We shared the same birthday, which was crazy. Um, and she told me she was going to teach me how to paint oil paint. And she taught me how to paint for like... Wait, just like that, you walked in, look at an oil painting, struck up a conversation with a gallery owner, and she was like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to paint? Exactly. She's like an Iranian woman, and it's just like the chemistry was there. And I was like, I don't know how it happened. I was like, when's your birthday? And she's like, June 19th. I was born on Juneteenth. That's my birthday. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. So just like... That was it. And she's such a, you know, kind woman. And I think that that natural, you know, connection was there. And I honestly, like, she didn't have any black students. And I'm not saying she, I, you know, I just was like, I think it was like a culture shock. I go in yeah. there, it's all these Iranian people. And they, that's, you know, that's normally their craft because it's expensive to take, you know, acting, I mean, art classes in general. And so I think it was just like, I kind of, everybody was very welcoming, but I, you know, I just kind of stood out and it was just like, oh, this is like, you know, I think yeah, they were just happy for me, you know, somebody else to be, you know, exposed to, you know, what they do. And so I I just learned, you know, I just I just worked Three at it years every ago, day. you I, learned to paint like this. This is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was like she taught me everything. Like I, she was like, draw She was like, have a picture. and She'd be like, draw this. I just want to see how what your eye sees. And then I draw it. It looked like crap. And then oh. she'll be like, no, don't draw what you think is in your head. Draw what's actually there. If the shape is actually like this, draw it like that. Don't most people they'll have a they'll just think they like they'll think like what an eye looks like, or you rather yeah. than look at a picture and trying to draw the shape exactly. And once she did that, like it was night and day from like what I originally drawn to like write the next 30 minutes of you know, with the notes. Wow, that's an incredible you know? talent you just discovered about yourself. Thank you. And I don't know if it's like something that was always in me yeah. or anybody, if any, because I don't think it's like this, you know, this, this esoteric, like, I don't think like, like being like able to, it's like this, it's like this thing that only exists in like a few people. I think like everybody could be capable of just. I don't well, know. I mean, what's I interesting is like, if the difference that she gave you and the instruction that she gave you says, don't draw what you think you see, like draw what you see. And it dramatically changed your perception of like how to create art. Like I would turn your beautiful drawing back there into like an emoji. It would not be the same. I said the same thing. I don't have any art experience. I don't like no background prior to yeah. this. Like, 
nothing. Like I took art classes growing up. I would literally scribble. Like it was terrible. I never even thought, I thought this was like singing, like you had to be born with it. But, you know, I, I just worked hard at it. And essentially, you know, I just wanted to learn how to do that most specifically because I love art and then I wanted to, I wanted another stream of income. So I can Oh, you're it. saying all the things that I love our, our listeners to hear. You worked hard at it and it happened. I wanted another stream of income and here it is, you know? And I mean, you're young to this day. So just, I, I really love to see that because oftentimes it's like, yeah, if you work hard at something, it can transform into what you want it, whether you're making beautiful art, you're making money from it, all of it. It's some great stuff. Exactly. And and just to summarize that, like, um, you know, you could uh, I wanted to another stream of income and I was like, OK, I'm, that's why I wanted to get good at it. Some people take classes there. They just they they may be working on the same painting beautifully for like a year, but they don't have and they don't want to sell art. They just want to create it. It's so an outlet for them. Yeah, it, it's different. But my ambition was I want to sell this art. So I need to get really good at this. And then basically the return on a painting is is phenomenal. I mean, of course, your time is and like is very valuable. So it's like that's that's why paintings cost a lot it may take three four weeks to finish a painting sometimes wow okay so wait i gotta ask you a question there yeah how long does it take to do a painting you know sometimes in my head i'm picturing like keith heron and, or basquiat and it's like oh it takes months for their work to be released but you're a, let's call it a working artist that is creating art to sell as well right and i think there's a distinction there some people like you said just want to sit, sit it in their basement and it's like therapy you you had a different mindset when you went into art so the the works behind you for example like how long would each of those have taken you to paint well it's crazy um this one probably took uh three to four weeks and this one only took three days wow so um the difference is uh, the more you do it, the faster you'll get at it. Um, it used to take me like mm -hmm. a month. Well, my when I started training my teacher, she paints in layers. So I'm a classically trained oil painter. So it's like painting the face one time, then painting it again, then painting everything all over. Like, like if you see the Mona Lisa, it has 48, I think it has like 48 layers on it. Wow. Like that, that's, and this that is so fascinating to me. <laughs> that means the person, uh, the artist kept painting it over and over and over again. So that it's more detailed, more defined. That's how they used to do back in the day. You don't need to do that that many times now. But my teacher, she still have an old way of doing that. But a lot of newer artists, they only paint in like one or two layers. And so that's where, you know, you can really get a good detail pair. You know, it was just for me, like I would have to paint a rough version of it first and then I'll paint on top of it. So at least two layers. Uh, but the more that I do it, the more I look up for different styles and, you know, ways to, I don't have to do any as much layers to get in more detail. And it's just like the time you have, like if I'm busy working and trying to do painting in between other stuff, it may take longer. That's what I was in process of moving and doing other stuff. And then this, and then also the size of your canvas, this is a bigger canvas than this one right yeah. here. Uh, Will from uh, the, the Bel Air series. Oh, I knew yeah. that's who it was. I was kept going, okay, why do I know that face? I just watched that. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's a smaller canvas and I just kind of like locked in on it and it, everything just varies. Like if you're painting like, a, you know, like a shorter crap yeah. profile, it takes less time. You're trying to paint a full body. It'll take way more time, hands, all of that stuff, multiple details. Uh, but yeah, that's just the time. So it could take anywhere between like, uh, like I would say like a week, to four weeks. Uh, some artists work, if they have giant canvases, it might take them like three, four or five months to you know, uh, complete, but the return on investment and let's talk about that. You know, you can buy a painting for you can buy a canvas for like a hundred dollars and end up selling it for like thousands. You know, you just got to put your time in uh, to create that beautiful art. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage, for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So um, let's talk about the business of art, and then I definitely want to touch on, on Airbnb as well. So you entered into this being like, hey, you know, you're obviously very talented. How do you go about selling your work and creating sort of demand for these um, paintings? Right. Great question. Um, so the traditional way of people thinking that they or people doing that is to honestly, now we have the, the platform of social media. Right. You don't, it used to be like you have to have a gallery owner, you have to be like, 
like Basquiat, you had to be friends with like, you know, Andy Warhol or somebody like, it's not like that now. Uh, that still very much exists. Uh, if you want those big numbers, yeah. like hundreds of thousands or millions, but I would tell you social media is your best friend. Like if you can create TikToks of you, of you just documenting your painting process, whether that be a time-lapse or just like a bunch of chopped up clips of the before, after, uh, people love that. People will buy your work strictly off of that. You can cut out the gallery owner. I'm all about cutting out the middleman. That's right. Uh, a lot of gallery owners, they take, a lot of people don't know this, they take 50% of people's money, uh, of the artist's money. And 50%? that's crazy. I'm an actor. That feels I never like a lot. Agent, I never pay my agent more than 10%. I never pay my manager more than that. So it's like, why, why? And you work harder at painting. Acting sometimes, you might be on set, say a line or two, they pay you thousands of dollars. It's less work and they take a smaller percentage. This is something that you actually, you know, working at hours and hours at a time is valuable. And these people, these gallery owners want 50 percent of your money. Yep. And it's really it's really robbery. You know, uh, a lot of artists, they like, you know, they, they need the, they feel like they need the exposure to, to do that. But really, the gallery owner, they'll exhibit your work in a dozen other people at the same time. And, you know, they'll take 50 percent of whatever it sells. At, and I think that's unfair. That's so you definitely cut unfair. Out. You can cut them out by just having your work posted on Instagram, TikTok, like constantly document your journey so people can see it. The more you do it, uh, the more uh, people will be attracted to it. Right. Just think of a way to stand out. And just to summarize that, um, sometimes I'll paint people, I'll paint people, uh, I'll paint pictures of portraits of, of, of you know, public figures of people. Uh, and they'll buy my work. And I, that's like a technique I do. I'm like, I'm going to paint this. Yeah, so that's worked for me. Yeah, so I painted one of this guy, 19 Keys. and he He's been a guest on our podcast, yeah. Yeah, he actually bought it. Like, I dropped it off to him like a couple days ago. Wow, and, congrats. Yeah, thank you. That was the highest I ever like, sold a painting for. Yeah, Listen. congratulations. But, like, I mean, this is great stuff to share, and we really appreciate it because... You know, I think what your story really epitomizes to our listeners is hustle. Like, it's really hustle. Like, nobody gives you anything for free. <laughs> you know, those days where you walk down L.A. and someone's like, hey, would you like $10 million to be in this blockbuster? You know, it's like no one is an overnight sensation. So we appreciate that. One last question before we go out. Um, you've also talked about being, um, getting successful streams of income from Airbnb. Right. How did right. you start on that track? Right. So Airbnb. So I remember my first Airbnb. I used to live on Ben Scully. It's the street where the Dodgers State Baseball Stadium is, this, the exact street. And I remember they used to have the World Series. And I was like, this is years ago. And I was like, man, I wonder if I could just rent out my just leave for the day. I mean, leave for like the weekends uh, of the series and just rent this out. And I did that. And I just put up some high marked up number. And <laughs> I think it was a couple. A couple hundred dollars a night or something like that. And I'm just Wait, like, so like just real talk. Room. You Airbnb'd your Airbnb. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. This is no no no. This oh. is where I was living. Oh, okay, okay, this okay. Is, I was like, that's game. Know, this is where I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was I was uh nah, that'd be wild. <laughs> I, I'm uh I'm telling you about how I first got introduced okay, to it. Uh, okay. this is yeah, I had my apartment. I got, you know, I used to rent Airbnbs when I traveled, but yeah. Um, basically, uh, that's where I got started. It was the World Series. I had an, I had an actual apartment that I was living in, but it was the World Series, and my 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 apartment is on the same street as the Dodger Stadium. But anyways, I rented it out to some people, and I was like, oh shoot! I, and they booked it the whole you know week, and just to go to the walk up the street to the baseball game. And so I was like, okay, that's when I first got introduced, and I was like, all right, this is another stream of income. Fast forward years later, pandemic hits. 
all the properties in LA, they like, not the houses, but all the apartments. They did so much building. Yeah. They kind of like, they needed people to move in. People weren't moving, people weren't paying rent. It was like rent special after rent special, three months off, all of this stuff. So I went and got like, I went and leased like almost 10 apartments, you know? Uh, not at the same time, it was like, like I would do like a couple of months and literally like I would take advantage of those move in specials. Wow. Like, oh, okay, you're gonna give me two months off. I move in, boom, boom. I took it, I rented, I leased them all out. I have an S Corp and all that. Um, leased them out, so I was gonna be a work- working space. And literally I just started like, fit, like investing in money, getting furniture off or offer up. Um, oh my gosh, Brandon, this is a whole, this is great because this is during the pandemic. So at this point, I mean, I would, if I were you, I'm sure you were worried because everyone was debating, is is Hollywood shutting down? What's happening? Are we going to go back to production? So you're like, okay, I got to eat. Right, right. I've learned a lot of things about, um, Warren Buffett has a quote and it says, uh, be greedy when people are fearful and be fearful when people are greedy. So when you, it it, it correlates in every single market, whether it be housing, stock market, anything, it's like, when people are panicking, that's when you need to take advantage of things. When yep. stuff crashes and people are scared, running away, you need to put your money in it. When everybody's talking about it, AMC to the moon, NFT this, right, NFT right. That, that's that's probably the top. That's Somebody's going to be selling that because they've been in it for a while. And that's when people always put their money in when everybody else is talking about it. And then they start losing money and wonder why. You know, it's literally a repeated cycle. So I just try to take advantage of, like, with the knowledge, the knowledge I knew on that, like, this is Los Angeles, film capital of the world. The people are not going to start travel, stop traveling here. People always need a place to live. Yeah. Um, and so I just started, you know, taking advantage of that. And, you know, basically I'm the middle man to this. Like, you know, I'll lease, I'll lease out, a, a, a prop, I'll lease out these apartments, luxury lofts, anything, one bedrooms. Um, and I'll, 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 pro- I'll get it. I'll get a good rate for what I'm, I'll try to offer. I'll try to ask for some sort of, sort of incentive, a moving special two weeks, a month, anything, and to offset to the price. price. That's great because, yeah, they couldn't offload these apartments, but people wanted temporary living. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Los Angeles is a perfect place for that because the requirements to get an apartment in Los Angeles is, is absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. Like even during this pandemic, I'll tell you this. These people want you to have these people want you to have three three times the income. They want you to have and everything is like two thousand, three thousand to live out here. Anyway, yeah. They want you to have, I got approved for a promise I heard. They was like, oh, you got approved. We just need the first three months of rent. That's a like, lot to ask for people who are trying to move to LA, follow their dreams, like. <laughs> three months of rent up front. It's like, it's it's absurd. Like they, they want you to have a seven, like it's, it's bizarre. So, you know, the fact that I actually, you know, meet these requirements is like, let me, Everybody, like Airbnb doesn't ask for nothing, none of that. They don't yep. need a credit check. They don't need their, their, their bank statements. They don't care about none of that. What you pay, you can, if you can afford to pay for the space for every amount of time, then that's, you yeah. know, that's then it's yours. So what I am is just like, you know, you know, in a way, like helping a lot of people, you especially are. traveling nurses, like they are like the main people, like they always here on assignment. They're not here for long. So they don't want to get a one year lease. Yeah, on they just want three there, months, but, get in, get out. And, you know, I used to be a traveling nurse, so I completely get it. And the key to travel nursing is you'd get either room and board or a big travel stipend. So you could take that big travel stipend and find way cheaper housing and sort of pocket the difference. I know that game very, very well. Yeah. 
Exactly. So most of the people that rent from me are, uh, what is it, Furnish Finder? Like, oh, the most of the people that rent from me, they're, they're actually traveling nurses. And that's literally by coincidence. Because well, that's also because California pays their nurses a whole lot of money. So if you were in the nursing game, get to California, do a little travel contract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That should be a whole other episode. Airbnb, like, the, it's been, like, crazy. Like, I've never, you know, I, I've considered different things. Oh, what if it didn't get rented out? Yeah. Or what if you know, this and this, like, I, I literally just made an Airbnb course. It's in my bio on my, uh, oh. only $25 too. I literally will, I have a video. I walk, it's like 45 minutes. I walk them through my profiles. I literally show them how to do every single thing from front end out. Like, all right, this is how you find apartments. This is what your credit score should look like. Do it with a business partner. A lot of people want to do this by themselves. You don't have to, I used to be like this. I want to keep all the money. And I want to do all of that. Then I realized, nah, I found one trustworthy person, you want yeah. somebody real close to me. I was like, I'm gonna have a business partner because like if things go bad, it's fifty percent. Well, you gotta balance. You're a working actor, you've got all these different things, and I think this is this is what people need to understand. As you start to grow in your business endeavors, like you can't do it all yourself. And the idea that like you wanna keep all the, you know, pot of money to yourself and like keep all the reward, it's fine, but at some point you need to sacrifice a little bit of that for scale. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. But yeah, you know, in order to really get to where you want to be, which is a scalable business, you do need to bring in some help no matter what the business is. Man, Brandon, you have, you know, this has been such an interesting conversation. Wishing you the best on acting. Um, I want to start, I want to close out now and I want to ask like, what are some great projects that you have coming up that we can turn on our TVs or streaming networks and see you on? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hollywood work, everything is like confidential, everything is like all of that stuff. Honestly, I'm just constantly auditioning and working at it. I have a exhibition for my art coming up Juneteenth, which is June 19th, my birthday. That's right. Um, I'll be exhibiting like okay. a bunch of work out here in Los Angeles. Follow me on Instagram, Brandon Brown B. That's where I'll, you know, you'll see flyers and all of that stuff. In terms of acting, I'm always auditioning for stuff. I'm always uh, filming stuff. I just shot an Intel commercial that's out now. Yeah. And so it's just like a consistent, like I'm always doing something and, and working at it. And um, yeah, I, that's, that's just some things I got going on right now. Uh, Airbnb is just flourishing and, you know, just always looking for new ways to make, you know, some more bread and, uh, and increase my income. That's right. Well, we love it, Brandon. Thank you so much for coming on Money Moves. Um, really fascinating to see your story and we wish you the best. Before we close out, remind everybody where they can find you on social media. All right. Uh, if you want stock related things, um, uh, follow me on Twitter, red underscore bullish. Um, if you want uh, art, my life, uh, follow me on Instagram, Brandon Brown B, all one word. Okay. TikTok is like chlorophylla. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, all right, Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today, but make sure to follow Brandon on all his social media handles, not only for some Money Moves tips, but from acting advice, painting, all sorts of things, or if you need a place to crash in LA. Brandon, thanks again for your time. And Money Movers, if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge on your social media, and or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. 
Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa, and we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz, and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon Podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.